Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking. I am your host, Archie Mitchell, and we are back once again tonight with an action-packed show. We will have our quick hits, we will have a highlight reel, and we will be doing an in-depth look at the WWE's last premium live event, Elimination Chamber. That's right. Um, And then I will have a couple of announcements at the ending of the show. So please make sure you stay tuned until the ending. Um, So let's go ahead and start off our show with our quick hits. And number one, the passing of Jerry Jarrett. Uh, Very big uh, WWE, WWF, Impact, WCW, and during the Territory Days, promoter Jerry Jarrett, the father of Jeff Jarrett, has passed away. And it is a very sad day in wrestling when you hear that any of the brothers or sisters in this wrestling business passes away, but especially someone who had such an impact. We wish Jerry's family, including Jeff, all the best and a a prayer to his family in this trying time. Jerry gave his all to the wrestling business, and I'm sure that his impact in the world of professional wrestling will be felt even into the future. Number two, Tony Khan says that the WWE is trying to poach AEW talent and it's making it hard for him to put on a good show. Now, we've heard about this for well over a year uh, and even more so when Triple H took over the reins that the WWE was sending out feelers to other talent that was now under contract with the AEW. But, What I find really odd and actually stupid is that Tony Khan is making it seem like the bad ratings and the bad wrestling on AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and AEW shows even on YouTube is because the WWE tried to poach talent. Mr. Khan, your inability to book a good wrestling show throughout the whole show and keep fans entertained has nothing to do with somebody placing a phone call to one of your talent. It has to do with you being a bad booker. It has to do with you being a mark for yourself. And it has to do with you not knowing how to run a wrestling company and do it as a professional. So maybe stop blaming the WWE for your problems and maybe look inward and you can probably fix this company that is barely getting 800,000 views on their wrestling shows. 800,000 fans tune in for Dynamite. Less than 300,000 fans are tuning in for Rampage. And you can say what you want about YouTube, but we all know that a view counts just when you click onto a video. It doesn't mean that they watched it the whole way through. So, Tony, don't blame WWE. Blame yourself. Number three, Mark Briscoe officially joins AEW. That's right. He is now All Elite. And I have to say I'm very happy for Mark that he finally has a contract with a big company. It is very sad that the passing of Jay Briscoe is what caused this for him to finally get signed to AEW with all of the issues that Warner Media had with uh, Jay's comments from back in the day. But Jay Briscoe is now in a better place and his brother Mark is going to go on and do amazing things in the wrestling business. He has had some great matches already with Jay Lethal and a couple of others in AEW. 
I wouldn't mind seeing him have a run with the TNT title and even maybe even get a push for a world title shot. I think that it is due. I think that it is something that would be very respectful to the Briscoe family. And I definitely think that we are in need of some Mark Briscoe in a wrestling company. So good job to Mark Briscoe. And I can't wait to see what he does in all elite wrestling. And finally, number four, Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet, wins the IWGP women's title in stardom at the Battle in the Valley. I have to say, I knew this was coming. It was very predictable. Of course, New Japan is going to put a title on someone who they deem is a big name coming in from the WWE. But I will also say this. I do not expect for her to have the most craziest run because we all saw how her runs went in the WWE when she was World Heavyweight Champion for the Women's Divisions and World Tag Team Champions as well. And I definitely don't expect her to do anything to bring any new eyes on the company because New Japan did not need Sasha Banks' help. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What I do think is that she is going to be very stubborn. She is going to be very botchy, like she has been and was in her match with Kerry Sane for this title just a few days ago. And I think that when it comes time for them to finally take the title off of her, she is going to say or do something very stupid, just as she did in the when leaving the WWE. She can talk about Triple H calling her to wish her well before her debut in New Japan and William Regal and all the other great stuff. And now she loves the WWE and loves all that they did for her. But it doesn't change the fact that when she was on her way out, she said and did everything she can against that company. Sasha Banks is a very... Uh, gluttonous person she is also very selfish and i do not believe that she will help any wrestling company moving forward in her career but that's fine and well now with that being said i want to remind you to go ahead and listen to all the great shows here on wrestlenet radio such as the year that was a slice in time mark cindy spotlight which is due for an upgrade from what i hear from mark brew he is looking to revamp and do something different um, you have Goldus Maximus. You've got a bunch of great shows, including this one right here, if you smell what the arch is cooking. So go ahead and make sure that you take a look at all the shows that we've got going down. And now it's time for the highlight reel. And we're going into Monday Night Raw first. And number one, the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar contract signing, I thought was fantastic. I thought that them finally giving Bobby a little bit of leeway in this was great. And I like the way that these two are coming off as these holier-than-thou, bigger-name stars. Uh, of course, they both have UFC backgrounds and, you know, MMA backgrounds. I can't wait for this matchup, which we saw at Elimination Chamber, and I will talk about it. I think that they've done a great job in the few weeks that they've been building to this to give us a really good match. Number two, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn's promo. Sami sat there and, and did everything that he could to make us feel for him. And then Cody delivering another great promo a second week in a row. Cody's been great on the mic and in the ring. And the fact that he told Sammy he doesn't want to see him on Monday Night Raw next week, but at WrestleMania is giving me a hope that Sammy will win the undisputed World Heavyweight title uh, whenever they can uh, at Elimination Chamber. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping for, folks. Number three, leading in from that, Cody Rhodes took on Baron Corbin and squashed this man in three minutes' time. In his street clothes. How about that one, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, yeah, Cody took off his suit and beat the crap out of Baron Corbin. 
and got the win after Corbin said that Cody Rhodes is undeserving. Uh, he's been handed everything that he's gotten in the WWE since he got here. And, you know, he even talked about Dusty Rhodes, uh, God rest his soul. So Cody had to get some revenge, and he did just that. Number four, Asuka, Nikki, and Carmella taking on Liv Morgan, Raquel, and Natalia. Great six-woman tag match. All did their job, and I enjoyed seeing Asuka, Nikki, and Carmella get the win because you got those two crazy broads along with the newly uh, re-debuted Carmella back into her Princess of Staten Island routine. It, it made for some great chemistry, and I can't wait for the women's elimination chamber. Uh, number five, Seth Rollins on Miss TV. Those boots were absolutely hysterical. Everything that he talked about, Logan Paul, was great. I agree with Seth, and I think Seth is going to do great in the United States title elimination chamber as well. And The Miz slowly coming off as this butthurt, I used to be a world heavyweight champion, is great for his character. And number six, finally, uh, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Bailey had a great main event to end out the show. Uh, triple threat match with the indications that if Becky or Bailey won, they'd get into the women's elimination chamber match. But if Bianca won, obviously neither one would. And Bianca did get the win. She's been untouchable lately, ladies and gentlemen. She's just not willing to lose or looking to lose anytime soon. So I guess this makes sense because if they would have added Becky or Bailey, kind of would have already known the outcome of who was going to win. Bianca winning, keeping them both out of the chamber in my opinion, was the right move. Moving on to MLW Fusion this week, and number one, we got Willie Mack taking on Calvin Tankman. Talk about a battle of the Bulls. Two guys just banging up against each other and having a great matchup. Tankman got the win, which I think is the right choice because, in my opinion, Willie Mack has slowly become an enhancement talent, and I just I like Calvin a little bit more when it pertains to MLW and being pushed forward. Number two, Taya Valkyrie taking on Billy Starks was a great women's match. I think MLW has done wonders with their women's division in the uh, you know little bit of time that they've had it. Taya Valkyrie is a great spokesperson, and Billy Starks still starting out. Uh, Taya gets the win, retains the title, uh, and you know keeps on. And number three, Mance Warner taking on the real one in a street fight. I really didn't like the ending because I'm not a big fan of real one. But I will say that these two went all out and fought all over the arena. And it was a great street fight, uh, which real one won. Moving on to NXT now. Uh, number one, Tyler Bate taking on Grayson Waller. I've been praising Grayson Waller for his actions inside the ring. I think that they've been great. I think he's had a lot of great matches lately. And Tyler Bate is undeniably one of the best in-ring talents they had. These two put on a banger. Number two, the continued storyline between Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, and Grayson Waller. Waller continues to call out HBK and continues to disrespect NXT. Michaels had him thrown out of the arena. I'm all for it. <laughs> and number three, Drew Gulak and uh, Charlie Dempsey forming a tag team. Uh, after Charlie beat uh, Hank Walker, he and Gulak walked out, and I've been waiting for this. I've been talking about it. I thought that Gulak would have turned and joined Dempsey in a great tag team. I think it's going to work. I think these two are going to put on a hell of a you know, tag team performance, both uh, ground and pound styles. I'm all for it. AEW Dynamite is next up on the docket, and number one, we got John Moxley and Claudio taking on Rush and Preston Vance. Now, again, I've been praising John Moxley for his body of work when it pertains to tag team matches 
and putting people over inside the ring. He did it again, but again, he bled. And that is just taking away from the product for me if every week John Moxley is going to bleed. Uh, let this guy go to GCW if that's all he wants to do. We don't need that garbage in every single match. But Claudio, Rush, and Vance put on a hell of a matchup. Great tag team opener. Number two, Mark Briscoe and Josh Woods put on a hell of a one-on-one -on -one matchup. These two have history. They went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and Mark Briscoe got the win after that froggy boat elbow drop. I mean, Mark Briscoe is now going to be on the push of his life, and he deserves it, ladies and gentlemen. Number three, MJF's promo, uh, taking out Christopher Daniels, sending the word to uh, Brian Danielson. Danielson coming out to save Daniels. Uh, it was great. I, I, MJF has been a live wire on the mic, and it's deserving. And finally, number four, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm in that women's triple threat match. The women ruling the roost here. Uh, this week on If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking. Uh, Baker, Soho, and Storm put on a hell of a matchup. I thought Soraya spray-painting Tony's butt was a little ridiculous, but I guess it's adding to their storyline and whatnot. You know, what can I say? Still a great six uh, three-way matchup, which Ruby Soho got the win, and I think she's deserving of this push going forward. And finally, SmackDown. Number one, Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy destroying Hit Row. Well done, Bray. Best part of your, your return, in my opinion, because Hit Row has been a snooze fest since their return. Uh, and, you know, he called out the challenge. Uh, whoever wins in the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match, he wants them next. I, I would like to see Bray take on Brock Lesnar because there's some history there and Brock destroying Bray Wyatt and everybody else in his path when he just couldn't be beaten. Uh, you know, Bray having to do the job to both Brock and to Goldberg that year was ridiculous. So I think he deserves a win back. Uh, and I could see him and Bobby going at it as well. So it makes sense. Number two, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre taking on the Viking Raiders. A 30-minute masterpiece of brawling. All four men just beating the crap out of each other. Well done to all four. And McIntyre and Sheamus get the win. I don't know why they had to be put together as a tag team, but I guess if you're going to put together a makeshift tag team, put together two big lumbering guys. And finally, number three, Sami Zayn's homecoming to Montreal, Canada. And I have to say, that reception that he got at SmackDown was unbelievable. They did not let that man talk for five minutes straight. That's how much they were cheering him and doing for him to tell him that they were happy to have him home. Sami Zayn is going into Elimination Chamber with a lot of weight on his shoulders to get the World Heavyweight title off of Roman, and I personally can't wait. And neither should you, because let's go ahead and talk about the Elimination Chamber. Now, the opening match was the Women's Elimination Chamber, and I had no problem with it. I thought it was a great matchup. I thought all six women did a fantastic job. My only problem was with who won. And I know that when you look at that chamber, you're like, well, Liv Morgan had a title run and it wasn't that great. Carmella just came back and she's okay. She's not really ready to go up against Bianca again. Nikki Cross was kind of just put into it because they're trying to feed her new character. But in my opinion, Raquel deserved the title shot. She should have won it. She is a bigger woman, a, a faster woman, 
And I think that we've seen Asuka in the title picture a little too much. I get that we got this whole new Asuka going back to her former persona in Japan. And I understand completely that she deserves uh, another title shot. But I'm ready for the belt to be off Bianca Belair. The only problem with it is, is I'm not sure if I'm ready for it to be back on Asuka. Because the last time Asuka had a title run, it was very comical. And very, just the same thing over and over again. I would have liked to seen Raquel get the shot and go one-on-one -on -one against Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Then we go to the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match. Uh, this was very quick, and the ending was BS. That's right, I said it BS. I'll say it in full. The ending was bullshit, okay? You have two guys that want to beat the crap out of each other. Let them do it. You have two guys that both hit their finisher in the middle of this matchup, and neither one stayed down. I'm all for it. But then you have the match end because Brock Lesnar hit a low blow on Bobby Lashley, and Lashley wins by DQ. Now, that makes me wonder and ask the question, does that mean this feud is going to continue? That makes me wonder and ask the question, did Brock Lesnar say the hell with it? I already beat this guy once. I don't need to do it again. And just basically threw away that match with Lashley. And it makes me wonder why they've been booking this and, and running this storyline for the last month if they were going to end it on a DQ. It just doesn't make sense. It seems to me that since Brock lost the world title and cannot challenge Roman Reigns again, they've been just aimlessly throwing him into feuds, namely with Bobby Lashley. Their first two matches were great, and now you give us this crap fest. Number three, moving on to uh, the next matchup on the show was, um, give me one second. Oh, yes, the mixed tag match. Uh, Edge, Beth Phoenix taking on Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor. I am tired of the Judgment Day losing. I know that they have become somewhat of a joke, but I think that a win here would have done great. I know that Finn Balor beat Edge in the I Quit match, but it was due to underhanded tactics. But other than that, Edge has beaten Damian Priest. Edge has beaten Finn Balor. We've seen Rhea Ripley get taken down by Beth Phoenix. We've seen the whole Dominic BS that's been going on. I was really, really mad at the ending of this matchup as well. I think that Edge and Beth Phoenix should have took the loss, but it just doesn't seem like Edge can be invincible. Uh, Edge is just seemingly invincible since his return, but it's not leading to a world title run or anything else. It's just leading to him beating guys that he shouldn't be beating. I think that this makes Rhea Ripley's win at the Royal Rumble a little null and void and sends her into the uh, WrestleMania uh, a little, uh, you know, shaken. Uh, I think that it makes Finn Balor look bad. And if this is leading to Balor versus Edge again, I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? It was a good matchup, but it was not the ending that should have happened. And I just think that it was all for naught because Edge came back and they're just looking to push him to the high heavens. But it's not to end into anything great. It's just to be, well, Edge needs a title. Uh, Edge needs a run. So let him be on it. And Beth wanted to come back too. So let's give it to him. Moving on to the men's elimination chamber match for the uh, United States title. I did not agree with the ending here either, but it was not because of who won. Firstly, let me say that Montez Ford did a fantastic job. That man jumped all over that ring, put on a great show, and I honestly thought it was going to come down to him and Austin Theory in our final two. But, of course, the way he was taken out, a little scary. I hope that was just a work. 
but Montez Ford did a fantastic job. Damien Priest did a good job. You understand? They did great. Even Bronson Reed being inside that cage and not being as mobile as the others was great in the ring. Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins had a fantastic matchup after everyone was eliminated. Johnny Gargano was definitely one of the stars of that matchup. But then the way you ended is so that you could book Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Logan Paul cost Seth Rollins that matchup. Now, I've gotten into this with you guys before. I can't stand Logan Paul being involved in wrestling. I think that he's been given too many high-profile matches, and I think it's a smack in the face for Seth Rollins for all the good work that he's done over the last couple of years to put him in a match with a celebrity. I get it. Logan Paul has some great wrestling ability. I get it. He's very athletic. I get it. He makes matches actually look great. He should not be involved in this. Okay? Make a, Uni a United States or an intercontinental battle, uh, uh, intercontinental title ladder match. Put him in it. Let him do a couple of jumps. Let him lose. But you're putting him in a match with Seth Rollins, and something's telling me Seth Rollins will lose. Just so we could put Logan Paul over. All right? I'm going to leave it at that. But Austin Theories ret retains. He did a great job in the matchup. He played the heel well. He is a great heel champion, and I like where they're going with him from here on out. And finally, we come to our main event. Okay? Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Sami gets the hero welcome again. The fans are cheering so loudly, the wrestlers don't even want to wrestle yet. Five minutes of cheering. Great matchup. Great storytelling. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn threw everything they had at each other and then some. And I was pleased to be watching it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought they did an amazing job. I thought Sami Zayn was going to win that title on more than one occasion. I enjoyed the outside interference from Jimmy Uso. And I enjoyed not knowing where Jay Uso was going to go and then being taken out by an accidental spear from Sami Zayn. It leads more questions, and that's great. But then you let Roman Reigns beat him down with a chair, spear him once after Sami kicked out of countless spears, and Roman Reigns wins. And then when it was all said and done, during the after-match beatdown, Kevin Owens comes to the aid of Sami Zayn. Where was Kevin Owens to stop Jimmy Uso from getting involved? Where was Kevin Owens to help Sami Zayn when the referee was down? Where was Kevin Owens to help Sami Zayn win the World Heavyweight title? Why the hell did Jay, Jimmy Uso roll out of the ring the same time the new referee was rolling out of the ring and we didn't see a disqualification or have him get thrown away from ringside? Why didn't Jay, Jay Uso turn? Why didn't we see Jay either join Sammy or stay with Roman. It was a bad ending, in my opinion. It was a great matchup. 25 minutes of these two guys throwing everything they had at each other, including Sami Zayn hitting a Superman punch. But after everything that went down, it was a lackluster ending. And in my opinion, my opinion, I give Elimination Chamber a 2.5 out of 5. That's not even nowhere near passing. I have been praising the WWE for the last few months since Triple H took over. I have been praising their efforts and their premium live events, and I have been enjoying things every way, shape, and formed. But this was a bad pay-per-view, in my opinion, and they could have done so much more with it. They could have let Oscar still win. 
They could have let Austin Theory still win. They could have let Brock Lesnar lose to Bobby Lashley clean and end the, the feud. And they could have let Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley win. And hell, like I said, Roman Reigns winning is not my problem. It's the way he won. So, with that being said, no grinds my gears this evening. And I'm now on to the announcements that I want to make. Firstly, the uh, Nothing But Trouble podcast that I host with my friends, lifelong friends, Angelo, Rocky, Jimmy, Wally, Paul, Sonny, and Cody, is going to be on hiatus for a little while. We will probably be back within the month of March, or at least we hope so. Things have popped up for all of us, and we're just going to be a little too busy to go ahead and sit down and record a podcast. I'm sure you guys understand. And number two, if you smell what the arch is cooking, we'll be on hiatus for a couple of weeks as well. I've been watching so much wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm a little wrestled out. So I just need a couple of weeks to get my bearings, get some things under control here in my normal life. And I will be back. Hey, we're on the road to WrestleMania. I ain't going anywhere, guys. But I just need a couple of week hiatus, and then I'll be back to the show. All right? It's not goodbye for the If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking podcast. All right? I'm just taking a couple weeks off myself. But I will be back. All right? I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you guys for your continued support and continuing to make the numbers of this podcast grow and all the podcasts on WrestleNet Radio. Thank you to Nate Maxson for him always being there and helping me in anything that I need with this podcast and as a friend in helping me with anything that I need in this world. You all have a great night, and I will see you very soon on If You Smell what the arch is cooking.